just imagine, I mean, how much better off you would feel and you would look if you would just make a commitment to doing seven simple exercises three times each. Episode 174, five easy steps for being mentally and physically fit. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, with 1.3 million listens and downloads growing every week. This is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Please subscribe to this podcast so you get the fresh episode each and every week. It's easy to do. Jason-Jennings.com slash iTunes. Jason, great to be with you again today. Uh, Dale, great to be with you. You've been traveling. I've been traveling. Yeah. It's uh, everybody's, uh, we don't say busy, so everybody is uh, extraordinarily occupied. We're choosing to stay occupied, but I- I'm going to tell the listeners, when we wrapped up the last episode of the podcast, you told us the story of a bank in Chicago that had marked parking spaces for its management and some employees. You were going to go and look at at that to be sure they were still doing it and then report back to us on your findings. We know you've got that. It's yes. all teed up, but we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. Oh, that's the because end. You, okay. that, we'll talk about it at the end, but what you found was rather interesting. We'll just let <laughs> listeners hang on that. But today's topic is mental and physical fitness. And we know that you're a, you're a fitness fanatic. You do not miss a day in the gym, even when you're traveling. What caused this, though, to uh, pop up on your radar and be the topic of today's conversation? All right, four things. I mean, it was just a confluence of events. Uh, number one, uh, I, got a, I got a note, an email from Prakash Indani. And Prakash is the man who represents me in India, Sri Lanka, and Asia. And there was a, there was a bar chart uh, in his email, and I took a look at it, and I went, oh, my God, I don't believe it. This is podcast material. So that happened. Then the second thing that happened is I was working out alone yesterday and I was out in the uh, stretching and core area and I had my mat out and I was doing my planks and I was doing my stretches and I was doing my push-ups and there was just a stunning woman uh, and she was on the mat next to me and she said, I see you here every day and then you disappear. I said, no, I'm in a gym someplace. I just travel a lot. And uh, she said, well, I consider this my job. She said, I am here seven days a week and I have been here ever since the gym opened 16 years ago. And um, Dale, she was, uh, she's got to be in her early 70s and reads 42, 45, a stunningly beautiful woman, uh, very similar to when I met Lena Horn when I was about 25 and she must have been 60. And I thought, my God, this woman is one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life. And uh, so she and I were talking about the benefits of, of, of just being in the gym, working out every day. And so, so that was the second thing. And then the third thing that happened is I was out on the floor 
And uh, I, I know a couple of husband and wife, Mel and his wife. Uh, he's in finance. She's a critical care nurse. They've got beautiful twin boys just beginning kindergarten. And sometimes it's a huge gym. So sometimes it's just a wave or a, a nod to them because they're working uh, out across the gym. But yesterday they, they were on the bench next to me. And so a few times a year we get to chat a little bit. And, uh, and Mel said to me, he said, you are really looking good. Look at those buys and look at those tries. And I mean, who doesn't like, especially at my age, I mean, to get a compliment. So that was the third thing. And so the fourth thing was like, I couldn't stop thinking about this just fetchingly beautiful elderly woman and, uh, and Mel's comment to me in the gym. And I started thinking, so I started doing some math last night and I thought, okay, 60 pushups a day, six days a week, that's 360 pushups. So that'd be about 16 or 17,000 pushups a year times 34 years. You know, I've done like a half million pushups. And so I started doing some of the weight or some of the math on, uh, on, on, on lifting weights and things. And so all of those things, I thought, you know what I want to talk about, and I want to tie this into what I got from Prakash and Donnie in, uh, in India. And this is from the World, Trade, uh, the World Health Organization, and it's a survey of 168 nations. And it ranked them as to, um, you know, how much exercise they get. So let me ask you a question, Dale. There's 168 nations in the world that were ranked in this survey. Where do you think the United States is ranked? And I'm going to give you a few countries, but where do you think uh, the United States is ranked? At least the bottom third. At least the bottom third. Listen to this. 40% of American adults do not get enough exercise. And the World Health Organization was very, very generous in defining uh, enough exercise. It was defined as 75 minutes of exertion a week or 150 minutes a week of moderately intense activity per week or any combination of the two. 40% of Americans, I mean, don't exercise, I mean, just a couple hours a week. That's unbelievable. And, you know, the, the link, Dale, between mental alertness, mental acuity, and mental health has now, I mean, it is, it's just linked to taking care of yourself physically. And so the benefits of exercise, I don't think anybody has to prove them anymore. Uh, one, it improves your physical health. Two, it's going to trim your waistline. And, and we all know that belly fat is the killer fat. It improves your sex life. It gives you a sense of well-being. You feel more energetic. You sleep better at night. You've got sharper memories and you feel more positive about yourself and your life. And so I was thinking, you know, what have I learned over the years from all of these trainers and all of these nutritionists and all of these people I've talked to? I mean, how, how could you make it very easy to get active and have all of those benefits accrue to you? And so I came up with what I consider to be five easy steps. And so before you, before you get to the five, I'm curious though, where did the U.S. rank overall? We know that 40% of the U.S. adults don't get enough exercise, but where does the U.S. rank in relation to those other 160 plus countries? 147th. Oh, 147th. Wow. 147th. Really, I mean, the only one that's a heck of a lot worse uh, than the U.S. is Kuwait. Uh, we're 67%, two-thirds of people don't get any exercise. And, of course, I've been there. That's an oil-rich uh, Arab nation where the natives don't have to work. They don't have to exercise. They don't have to do anything except spend their sovereign fund money. And uh, so I guess that would be the excuse there. The best is, interestingly, uh, Uganda. 
only 5% of people in Uganda, I mean, do not get enough exercise. And this was also a very surprising one. And again, having been there frequently, I get it. I understand it because I see people exercising all the time is China, where it's only 14% of all people. So if we're getting our butts kicked by China and almost everything else, we're also getting our butts kicked by China in terms of physical activity, which leads to mental acuity. Mm. Okay, but, so five and, steps. And, and it's true of a lot of rich nations. For example, Singapore, I mean, uh, has become very wealthy uh, over the past couple of decades. There it's almost 40%. Don't get enough exercise. Uh, India, uh, 34% of all people don't get enough exercise. So, uh, but the United States, I mean, it's, it's, it's dismal, dismal. Mm. Okay. All right. So five easy steps. I'm in the gym all the time and I see this happen all the time. Uh, we, we laugh about it at the gym. Uh, the first two weeks, the, the second day of January, you walk into the gym and the gym is jammed. I mean, you can't get on a piece of equipment. You can't get a locker and you just look at the trainers and you look at one another and smile and say, okay, I mean, we just have to suffer for two weeks because guess what? In two weeks, all those people are gone. You never see them again. So everybody has this New Year's resolution. I'm, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get active. And it lasts for about a week and a half or two weeks. It's eminently predictable. And they just go away. I feel really bad for them. And very often I'll see somebody and I see young people, young men and women. I see middle-aged men and women. They decide to do something about it. They come in. They go to the locker room. They get in the clothes. They walk out in the gym floor. And it's kind of like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? How does this equipment work? I mean, I don't know how to lift free weights. I mean, what weight should I be lifting? And they're wandering around almost like zombies. And there's this whole population of people I see who go to the gym, but never really exercise. I mean, they'll pick up a, a five-pound dumbbell and lift it a couple of times and then put it down because they're not sure what to do. And they'll go and sit in the machine and they'll do a lat pull down once or twice, bad form. And they think, well, I don't know how many of these am I supposed to do? And they get up and they wander for five or 10 minutes. And they talk to somebody else. And then the next thing you know, when you go in the locker room to change and shower, I mean, they're sitting in the TV lounge and you're going, what were you doing here today? I feel terrible for these people. And I... I go back to when I, seri I got serious about going to the gym 34 years ago. If I would not have had a trainer, I would have been one of those people. And it comes back to a podcast we did a long, long time ago. You have to have a program. And it's inexcusable, unforgivable not to have a program. And whatever your economic means, you can have a program. Uh, first of all, almost with every gym membership, comes a couple of free sessions with a trainer and you can be open and honest with the trainer and say, look, I don't have the money to hire a trainer all the time. I would like to use these couple of free sessions to build a program and learn how to use this stuff. That's number one. Number two. Uh, so hire, you can hire a trainer to do a workout. Um, and if you've got the money, I think it's one of the best investments you could make, or you can do what I do, hire a trainer to have somebody scream at you. And, uh, you know, after 34 years with trainers, I guess I really don't need a trainer anymore if I haven't figured out after 34 years, but I like to use a trainer simply because I, maybe I'm a sadomasochist. I'm not sure. I like to get yelled at. I like to be screamed at and I like to really give everything I've got. 
But I also noticed a sign in our gym yesterday where you can get a group training session, five or six people together for like $15 a session. So forget the latte, I mean, forget the cappuccino and get, get a group session. And, and the whole purpose should be, or you can join a Y and, and get it for free. So you need to have a program or you're going to get lost. Uh, you're not going to know what you're doing in the gym and you're going to give up. And I, I've just, over these years, I've seen it happen all the time. I feel terrible for these people. And uh, so anyway, so, um, so, I, so I ran some numbers for like just a regular folk. Um, if, if they would do seven exercises when they go to the gym and they would repeat those seven exercises, they would do three sets of those seven exercises and do 12 reps in a set. Uh, somebody could easily do that in 30 to 35 or 40 minutes. Well, the net result is you'll have achieved 250 pushes and pulls in that half hour or 45 minutes. But weekly, that's over 1,000. It's 1,250. And annually, I mean, it's 60,000 pushes and pulls over the course of a year. Just imagine, I mean, how much better off you would feel and you would look if you would just make a commitment to doing seven simple exercises three times each with, uh, with reps of 12 reps. Uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing what you see happen in the gym. Number two, and this is one that I'm working on because uh, I'm pretty bad, uh, walk. You know, on average, 2,000 steps are a mile. And so we're talking about 15 minutes of your life. So if you go out and walk around the block a few times, you will have achieved a mile. There are some schools of thought that we should all aim for 10,000 steps a day. That's my target. Um, and I get that when I travel, but I don't get that when I'm here. Uh, and so now I've got a new Fitbit and, uh, uh, you know, I'm largely sedentary. I'm either working on a book, I'm working on a podcast, working on preparation for speeches, interviewing people, a lot of sedentary time. And so I do know that every half hour I've got to get up and, uh, walk downstairs, walk out in the yard, walk out in the street, come back up. I probably do the stairs 20 or 30 times up and down a day, uh, but I'm, I'm not anywhere near my 10,000 steps a day. So you can get a Fitbit, but if you just do, if you just walk 2,000 steps a day, that's a mile. What an incredible achievement. Think of the net effect of doing that five days a week. Take the weekends off if you want. Just do it five days a week. Number three, uh, eat less than 2,000 calories a day. The jury is in on this. We all eat too much. And just because you're going to stay at 2,000 calories a day doesn't mean you still can't have everything you want. Uh, I know that once a month I go to Woody's and Woody's the ice cream emporium and I walk in and I get a dip of double vanilla ice cream with some chocolate fudge topping on it. And uh, I eat it and enjoy it without guilt. But I don't do that every day. I don't do that every week. But once a month you can have an indulgence. So, you know, 2,000 calories a day is not unreasonable, I mean, to maintain a healthy weight. Number four, I talk to people on airplanes about this all the time in hotels, and people are horrible about this. You have to hydrate. I mean, you should really be targeting six to eight bottles of water a day. And I mean, everything counts. Coffee counts. But unfortunately, most things are so calorie laden uh, that you're not doing your body any good. I mean, when you're drinking carbonated beverages uh, or you're drinking things with lots of sugar in them, but you need to hydrate. And then the final one, the jury's in on this too, sleep eight hours a night. And uh, uh, I know people ask me, how can you possibly maintain your schedule and get eight hours of sleep a night? It's because I'm in the present about my sleep. I know the vital role that sleep places and, uh, 
while everybody else is out, and I'm not holier than now, but like last week when I was traveling, the big speech in Chicago, I mean, I, you know, it was eminently predictable. Uh, there were a few ruffled feathers. I went to the reception the night before my speech, and everybody said, now you're coming to dinner with us, and you've heard me go over this a million times. I said, no, I don't do dinners the night before a speech. Too many calories, too much liquor, too much alcohol, too many late hours. I need to be fresh for you tomorrow. And so the next morning, I'm there at 6 o'clock for my rehearsal, 6.30 or 7 to begin greeting guests. They come in, man, they look like they've been drugged through a knothole. And my inevitable question is, well, what time did the dinner wrap up? Well, it was the dinner that got me in trouble. Well, uh, so after the dinner, you head to the bar with your friends, right? Yeah. What time do you get out of there? 2 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock. You know, I love collegiality. I love fellowship time. But for God's sake, meet them for breakfast or meet them for lunch. So uh, sleep eight hours a night. You know, if, if somebody would do those five simple things, and, and when I took a look the, as I was preparing for this today, I thought, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this podcast because these are just such common sense. But I'm reminded of that line that the most common thing about common sense is how uncommon common sense is. And if we can just push one more person, I mean, in the direction of achieving great mental acuity, think of the benefits. Mm. You're going to improve your physical health. You're going to trim your waistline, improve your sex life, give you a sense of well-being, feel more energetic, sleep better at night, have sharper memories, and feel more positive about yourself. Is that worth 30 to 45 minutes a day? Well, for me, it is. Absolutely. So can I pile on a little bit? Because I love this. Uh, The basic program, step number one, there are some amazing options out there to really simplify this. And if you don't like to go to a gym, uh, you can fire up YouTube and you can find a trainer for free on YouTube. And there, and then on top of that, there are some great apps. Just go to your phone. Um, I've got an app on my phone. It's a seven minute workout. Yep. The idea is you could do it three times and in 21 minutes, you can do exactly what you said about, you know, seven exercises a day and it's push pull, it's push ups, it's pull ups, it's, you can do those things. And when you talk about 60,000 moves in a year, if you get to the end of the year and you look back and you can say, wow, I did 60,000 pushes and pulls. Yeah pushes and pulls, uh, you feel like you've really accomplished something and you see it happen uh, and you see it, you see the change in yourself. So yeah, I mean, it's to that. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, walking. Uh, so I am constantly tracking steps just like you are. And yep. I have gotten in the habit. I look for the furthest parking spot. Yep. Wherever I, I'm do, going. I do the same. I do the same. Never get the close parking spot. Always go to the furthest parking spot. It saves your car from being dinged because everybody else is trying to get close. And it's you're not wasting any time. You're actually being more efficient. Um, and the hell, I love this. We're on the, the same. In. We're on the same page. I have done this for years. I've done this for years. I look. I look for the furthest spot in the parking lot where I'm not going to get dinged and I'm going to have to walk. And again, this is going to sound a little judgmental, but I see some of these people driving around and around and around. I mean, trying to be a typical American. I mean, getting the closest place they can find so they can go in and get their pizza and their, you know, 39 ounce Slurpee or something. I, uh, it just drives me absolutely wild. But um, man, and the nice thing is, you said you get to park someplace and you're not going to get dinged. I mean, neither yeah. of my vehicles have been dinged for years and years and years because I look for the <laughs> first spot to park. Wow. Great minds look, work alike. What else have you got? Uh, I would say always take the stairs. Yep. I hate elevators. And if I can take stairs, I will. Um, it's, 
what really gets makes me upset is when I get into a hotel yes. and they have put alarms on or make it really difficult to find the yep. stairwells. That yep. just drives me crazy. Make stairs easier to take and always take the stairs every time you get a chance. Um, so number three was eat less than 2000 calories a day. Watch those calories. Absolutely. Number four, hydrate. I carry a water bottle with me and I'm tracking how many times I empty and fill that water bottle. Sleeping eight hours a night, that's a tough one. But I'll tell you what, when you do the first four and then you start to track, so I, I've got a Apple yep. Watch and I look at all my data constantly. When I do those first four that you outlined, I yes. have my resting heart rate down while I sleep down to 45 beats a minute. Yep. And whenever I do, whenever I, I violate those four, if I drink alcohol at night, yes. uh, before I go to bed, my heart rate jumps 10 points. If I yep. miss a week of rigorous exercise on a daily basis, you see my heart rate start to climb. So it's, there is cause and effect. And you can start to see some immediate results if you will do these five things. Immediate. I mean, yeah. immediate. Immediate. And you are just... Uh, never too old to start. And I don't think you're too young to start. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I remember back when I was in my 20s, uh, I was not in the gym uh, religiously like I am now. But, but I think back to that time, I, if you're going to get a pass, I, get, you get a, I guess you get a little bit of a pass in your early 20s. But then I was out running uh, the, the park horse and uh, running uh, 10Ks and using the health rider at home. So, I mean, I was always doing something. So I wasn't always like a gym fanatic. Um, but, you know, from the age of about 30 on, you better be darn serious about this stuff. Absolutely. All right. So um, we promised people you would tell the Chicago story. So refresh right. our memories on Chicago, okay. why you were there, and then what, what happened? Okay. Uh, I have a favorite hotel that I stay in suburban Chicago. I've also got a favorite downtown Chicago hotel, but this event was uh, at O'Hare. So I was staying at my favorite uh, suburban O'Hare hotel. And I've stayed there many, many times over the years. And right across the street, there's a huge shopping center. And uh, so very often I will pop across to the shopping center to go to a different restaurant. Uh, I mean, to something healthy that I want to bring back to my room and not use room service. And so I, I've been over there. And for years, I have observed this bank, uh, Wells Fargo Bank, and they have uh, an overhang to protect cars. And so, you know, whether it's snowing or whether it's raining, they've got about six spaces that offer some degree of protection. And what I've always smiled at is that all six of these spots were taken for branch manager, assistant manager, teller of the month, employee of the month. I can't remember what they all were, but there was not one covered parking space for, for customers. And so I promised you when we spoke last time, I was going to go and take a picture and I was going to post the picture on, on Facebook and social media. Lo and behold, I walk across. And so I haven't been there at that hotel for maybe, uh, I don't know, five or six months, I guess, because my last few Chicago trips have been downtown. And so, uh, so I get my phone and I'm going to take the picture for you and for social media. I walk over, lo and behold, the signs are gone. They're gone. They've been there for a long, 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 long time. And so I thought I have to, I have to inquire within. And so, uh, I walked in and I said, I just, I haven't been here for a few months and I happen to notice that all of your 
assigned parking spots are gone. And there were no other customers in the bank. It's a pretty quiet branch. But there's about four or five people working in there. So maybe they've got some busy times during the day. I'm not sure. Well, they told me the story that they had been ordered by their regional manager to get rid of those signs, that those signs were for customers. And all I can tell you, Dale, is they were pissy. They were really pissy and really upset that those covered parking spots had been taken away from them and reserved for customers. If you want, so as if the bank doesn't have enough trouble right now. And do you think they take that angst out on their customers? You know they do. You could see the vitriol dripping off their teeth. Interesting. I wonder if the branch manager is a listener of the podcast. I have no, I, 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 I did not identify myself. I, I did not identify myself. I, I, I didn't want to go there. So, All right. so anyway, that's, uh, that's the story from Chicago last week. And then there were some other big stories that I'll tell you in future episodes. Just great, great awesome. stuff. It's great. It's great to be out there in the world making things happen. I did a, I did a Facebook post last week. Uh, in, in O'Hare Airport, and uh, for some reason, it felt like the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, in Concourse C, I have never seen so many people in my life. So I'm lucky I didn't get bowled over. I stopped in the middle of the concourse. I just lifted my camera, and I snapped a couple of pictures, and I posted it jammed with people. And I went, you know, after almost 10 million miles of flying, I can't help it. I just love getting on an airplane to go someplace because it means something is going to happen and I'm going to get to play a role in whatever is happening. And so I Facebooked one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, look, I'm fly. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, great week. Anyway, awesome. we'll do that. We'll do this again next week, my friend. All right. Any final thoughts on exercise, mental and physical health? Yeah, and and I guess I I guess the final one is it's um, you know uh, if somebody is listening and they haven't started a program yet for whatever reason, here's what I can tell you: um, uh, there are very very few days. I, I think this is the difference between you and I. After thirty four thirty five years in the gym, five or six days a week, I there's very seldom a day where I go, oh whoopee, I'm so excited about going to the gym. This is just something that I have to do. It is my responsibility. As long as I want to be vital, as I want to be relevant, I have to do this. But what we'll never, what I'll never forget is there are about 30 steps going up to my, my gym. And I trudge up those stairs thinking about the workout and thinking about everything I've got to do. And that, but you know, I finished that workout and I finished the cardio, I finished the core. And I'm bouncing down those steps with a feeling of pride. And that, I'm not sure if that's endorphins, but I'll tell you this, that's the addictive part. The addictive part is walking out and saying, I've done something for me and I've stuck to it and I've done it again today. That is, uh, that's a feeling that can't be equaled. Absolutely. Great way to wrap us up on this conversation. Thank you so much. You have a great week and uh, you can, you'll let folks know as well that you love to get email and uh, Jason's email address is Jason at Jason Jennings.com. So if you've got an exercise story you want to share, you're welcome to do that. Jason at Jason Jennings.com. 
You won't get a lengthy response, but you make it a point, Jason. You'll get fun yep. everybody's email. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. With that, Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full and healthy potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.